Welcome to the Shovel Pass, the NFL podcast for those that need that extra hour of football talk to get them over the hump and through the week. I'm Nick Sawyer, and I'm joined weekly by a few of my closest friends, Will Sawyer, Phil Heim, and Chris Heim, as we discuss all things NFL football from the games of the week, surprises, predictions, high performers, not-so-high performers, and anything else that stands out. Thank you for checking us out, and please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. We sincerely appreciate it. Fellas, how are we this evening? Doing lovely. Fantastic. Doing swell. Happy to be here, y'all. How's it going? Excellent, excellent, excellent. This is the Shovel Pass Podcast. I'm Nick Sawyer. I'm joined by my good buddies and partners in crime, Phil Heim, Chris Heim, and Will Sawyer. So, we are two weeks into the playoffs. We just finished an epic divisional round. We are recording this on Thursday, January 27th. So, we are a few days after the uh, sort of, you know, influx of reactions to that crazy Sunday. So almost come down off that high. Yeah, we've come down yeah. off the high a little bit. Yeah. You know, it, not really. I'm still buzzing off the best weekend of football <laughs> I've ever seen. So like, I'm so like, I, you know, I'm watching uh, highlights on on Instagram. I'm going on YouTube watching game clips. Like, I'm having a blast. So it was, was such a treat. Football. <laughs> it's nuts. It's nuts. I think I watched the ending of that. You know, you go on game, uh, whatever, get Game Pass, right? And you you rewatch the games. But honestly, I just fast forwarded to the last two minutes of that Buffalo game and just watched of any that. game last week. Watched any it game, over. Watch that. Yeah. yeah, man, that Buffalo game. I I honestly don't know whether I've seen a better game, a better quarterback game, especially like in yeah. particular. It I mean, especially insane. the finish rate. But that was the craziest yeah. finish. I think. No, I, I I don't have to think. That is the craziest finish I've ever seen. Thirteen I, seconds is not. Thirteen seconds is not enough time to do anything. Except run a quarterback draw. (laughs) (laughs) Too little to run a quarterback draw. Right, except Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, what was it we were talking about last week, that that 16 seconds is the rule? Yeah, yeah. 16 seconds is is the minimum amount of time you need to run a play at the end of the game if you have no timeouts. Now, they had timeouts, so we'll give them that. But still, 13 seconds, and he went from his own 20? or inside. I I can't remember. From his own 20... And drove the field for a winning field goal. Like that's insane. That's, oh, that he was unreal. And yeah, what, that's what, just what, crazy. What was the the most amusing was I watched uh, this whole weekend of football alone here on Res, uh, which was pretty fun considering I'm usually a very social person. But the football was so dang good. People would ask me to hang out, and I just say no. Like guys, I can't. Like the football is just amazing. But uh, watching, you guys leave you alone. <laughs> oh, listen, fun. watching football alone. I'll just say this: watching football alone is my favorite thing in the world. It watching so football with people is probably one of the most aggravating things I can think of because <laughs> people just want to talk. Like, yeah, shut I hate up. Nothing more than football. a Super Bowl party. Yeah, don't yeah. talk to me. Oh, I do not go to Super oh, Bowl parties. No. I hate them. Unless it's all football guys, and there's 20 guys in a room just not saying a word, eating wings, <laughs> watching the Super Bowl. Right. Somebody starts talking. It's like, shh. What are you doing? Shut up. But the like the funny thing was like I, I'm sure my roommates thought I was a psychopath because intermittently all weekend they that's just hear me go yes, like just like screaming. I, yeah, that's I probably. I didn't cheer. I would say that's fairly certain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't cheering for anyone in particular this weekend except for Rogers to lose, right. but. Um, I, I was just so excited to see the quality football, and, and I remember thinking with 13 seconds left in the Bills Chiefs uh, Chiefs game, you guys left them too much time on the clock. Like when they scored that go ahead touchdown to Davis, the last one, I remember thinking like you guys left 13 seconds. They have three timeouts. Like this is too much. And I, I didn't. You really legit thought that? Not like I thought he had a chance. I, I didn't think it would happen for sure, but I had the same feeling in my stomach that. Uh, I get when Brady has a minute 30 left in a game. I've got the same feeling. Like, there's a chance. There's a 50-50 chance here. Yeah, when he hit that first pass, I was kind of like, whoa. Yeah, for a big game, too. Okay. Great, great play like, design. Great play he's got design. one more shot at this. I'm like, it's unlikely, but he's got a shot here. Like, that first play when they when they hit that deep throw, I was like, oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, whoa. And what's even more amazing is that uh, Josh Allen had effectively a, a perfect – performance not just uh against the chiefs but in the whole playoff run they just had and he stopped short of the championship round that's how good 
the quarterbacking is in the AFC. That's how good the Chiefs are, that they had a quarterback who was playing absolutely flawless in the playoffs, and they shut that team uh, down before they could get to the conference championship. So just hats off to the quality football, I'd say, all weekend, but particularly that last divisional game. That was unreal. Yeah, it was pretty great. It was pretty great. Like I, I Buffalo essentially won that game twice. Mm-hmm. Like they drove the field and they left Pat Mahomes what I thought was not enough time twice. And he did it twice to come back and, you know, push it to overtime. Now, um all right, so now like we're into this game now. So I my thoughts on the quarterbacks, I thought Josh Allen played better than Mahomes. So I'm just I'm going to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. See if anyone here disagrees. Just give me a second, and then you can. It's it's open season. I thought he played better than Pat Mahomes, and I tweeted this out this week. I think when Josh Allen runs the ball, he is scarier than Lamar Jackson when he runs the ball, and he throws as he's as scary as scary as Pat Mahomes when he throws mm-hmm. the ball. Like at least in that game, when he's running the ball, I think he put two guys in the concussion tent because they tried to tackle him. Oh my goodness! <laughs> like. The guy is a monster, and he should not be able to move like he does at his size. Like, the jukes he puts on linebackers and, and corners, he should not be able to move like that. Big guys are not supposed to be that agile. But uh, it, it was it's crazy to think that he played, and, and in my opinion, he played better than Pat Mahomes, and he lost. And he supposedly has the number one defense. Yeah. Like, that that was a little bit more disappointing. I mean, Mahomes is Mahomes, and he does some crazy magical things. But uh, but you gotta hope if you go up like that with 13 seconds left, that your defense can can hold it down for 13 seconds. That's well. I'm glad you brought that up, Will. So this this segues a little bit into the OT rules, and there's been a lot made of the OT rules this week because. It goes to OT and you cross this, whatever, the end of the game barrier. And then you start this OT period. And when one team gets the ball and the other team doesn't even get a chance to possess the ball, it leaves a bad taste in people's mouths. And so there's been a lot of takes this week about how the OT rules need to change because it's not fair that Pat Mahomes gets the ball and Josh Allen doesn't. And that, I don't know, 7 of 11 playoff games since these rules changed um, that that have gone to OT, the first team to possess the ball wins. I mean, I don't know what to think of that. Personally, 7 of 11 is not compelling to me. Like, 7 of 11 is a majority, but it's not a super majority. You're not talking 10 out of 11 games. I mean... (sighs) I, I yeah. don't know. Part I, I can't help but think that it's a little arbitrary because somebody is going to possess the ball last. And in a game like that where every team each team is basically scoring at will, it does it doesn't matter whether it's a walk off touchdown. You could play the whole overtime. Whoever gets it last is gonna win and one team's gonna have one more possession. So in this case, like just hypothetically Mahomes gets the ball. He goes down the field. He scores a touchdown. Then you give it back to the Bills. Allen goes down the field and scores a touchdown. Then you give it back to Mahomes, and he goes down the field and scores a touchdown. So, yeah, the, the fans get to see a couple more touchdowns. But he's, Mahomes is still getting the ball once more. And once you, the way the rules are right now, once you get past those first two possessions, it's going to be sudden death. And then he's going to score, and it's going to be over. So... I don't know about this. I don't know how much more fair it would be to give both teams the ball. No, honestly, for me, um, I would probably be most okay if they just had an initial extended period. No sudden death. You just play another 10 minutes. Now, I understand there's some challenges with that, too. Um, But the idea of, like, yeah, one team... If you go to sudden death, one team's going to win it on a score, which usually means that they had the ball one more time than the other team. Uh, And there is a very good sound principle that you cannot or should not be considered to win a game if you're only winning in one phase of the game. 
Like you have to be playing defense. You have to be playing special teams. You can't just rely on one group to win the game for you. Yeah. So defense is important. Yeah. Surprise. You know, so if, if you're going to be going up against Pat Mahomes in the playoffs, you're in the AFC. Well, that's something that you have to prepare for that. You have to build your team around. You have to be able to control Pat Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. Himes, thoughts? Uh, I think with with the overtime rules, um, I actually like the sudden death. Uh, My whole thought process is you had 60 minutes to win the game. Uh, You don't get another allotment of time to try to get another chance to win the game. You got, you had, everyone had a fair shake in regulation. If you couldn't square it out next to score wins, let's get out of here. That's kind of my thought. I also just like golden goal in soccer anyway, so golden goal in football makes sense to me. Yeah, um, I'm kind of with that. Like, I mean, for me, it's more like um, it's 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 like what's fairer than a coin toss? Like, if you already on the road, like, and again, like if the Bills won that coin toss, uh, Josh Allen said it himself. Like, we like he can't be mad. Like, they'd be going the other way to the celebration, right? If they won the coin toss, right. so in in uh, in overtime, like a coin toss is as fair as it gets. And like Chris said too, you've had six minutes to square it, you can't. So leave it up to fate. You you called it wrong. It didn't land your way. I'm young enough to remember a few years ago when Tom Brady beat Mahomes the same way in the, in his building in the AFC Championship, right? So like it, it goes back and forth both ways. Who's to say in a few years Josh Allen can't be the recipient, right? So I know it doesn't it doesn't uh, soothe Bills fans today, but hey, listen, you guys lost four straight Super Bowls in the '90s. I'm sure this isn't the worst heartbreak you had. <laughs> uh, oh no! <laughs> oh, Bills Mafia enjoy that Super Bowl in early January. Congrats, <laughs> you beat the Patriots. Well done. Yeah. Zero banners for it. Oh my gosh! No, I mean it wasn't that long ago that sudden death meant a field goal. Like, yeah, forget this Progress. touchdown. And a right now, there is a chance to, for you to get the, yeah. get the ball if if you hold them to a field goal. It used to be you just get. Put the ball 30 yards closer, kick a field goal, and the game's over. Yeah, I didn't so, like that. So, I mean, I think the one argument that kind of goes counter to this a little bit is that the rules have been changed so much over the last couple of decades to favor the offense, favor the pass, and make the defense's job harder. That if you've now tilted the rules in the offense's favor – to put so much on the defense in a, in a sudden death overtime situation, is that really fair now? Now, the problem is, is I don't think you really want to admit, I don't, I've never heard anybody admit, at least officially from the NFL, that they're tilting the rules towards the offense. Um, it's an open secret though. Right. Exactly. Everybody else says it. It's, it's a fact. It's the way the game is played nowadays, but it does make playing defense that much harder. So I mean, the argument could be made that it's not really fair now that you're calling it, you know, that you do this sudden death thing and, and both offenses don't get to touch the ball. But I just don't know how you fix that. Like you say, Will, unless you just give them a period and you play out another 10 minutes. I don't know how you fix that by, you know, so then doing the this, answer... here's one turn, here's another turn, and now it's sudden death. Like, Yeah, you know, is the answer keep... then a college tell shootout? Because like for the longest time I was floating that solution and people were very much opposed to it. So I'm I'm one like I wonder what that is like I wouldn't mind a college style shootout but again like I'm fine with this current format like get the guys off the field I also remember I forget what the specifics that was but there's also like a thing where it was the more people have to play overtime games like the following week there's a higher increase of injury right so I think the NFL is all right you want to wrap the game up asap like this and again this is already the longest season ever so like you don't need overtime stretching multiple series where people are already dog tired like baseball playing and, and i don't know yeah. 10 innings like you can't do that to these guys they're, and the chiefs already were banged up too tara matthews already out of the game right so like how many yeah. more people would they hemorrhage if they have to yeah. keep going back and forth and back and forth right get off the yeah. field well will and i talked offline this week and it, we i mean if you're talking about that back and forth like the uh like the college idea you know, I think college they do it from what the twenty-five yard line in thirty-five. I think it is. Then go thirty-five. Okay. Yeah. It used to be twenty-five, didn't it? I could be wrong. I, I don't know. Anyway, so I'm just yeah. talking numbers. It's pretty close. CFL it's is pretty similar. close, right? Like they're almost they're basically in field goal range to start with, and then they take a shot at the end zone. So I think if you're going to do it in the NFL, you know, you got to back them up. Like you got to make them go like fifty yard line and in or something, right? Like you got to get two first downs before you're in field goal range, something like that. I don't know. They're not going to change it, though. That's honestly, I, I don't think any of this changes anything. The game, 
none of the you're not going to get enough coaches voting to change the overtime rules because I just don't think anyone believes it's going to advantage them all that much. At some point, you might be on the short end of the stick, and the Bills. I know the Bills GM suggested this week that the overtime rules need to change, but it's all a matter of perspective, right? So, um, all right. You want to move on to the next game? I mean, I'll say this about the games last weekend. I feel like the games got better and better as they went on. It's like each game got better. Every game was legit better. And the Um, Bengals game was a good one to start with. What's that? That was a great game. The the Cincinnati Bengals and the Titans. That was a great game to start off with. Yeah. It was it's terrific. amazing so, how it's amazing how after uh, Bills Chiefs like we're completely like forgetting about the other amazing quarterback <laughs> AFC Joe Burrow, which again I think unfortunately the Chiefs are going to wax the Bengals just because they have way too much firepower for that Bengals defense. So it's like, but I mean Joe Burrow is still going to put up a heck of a fight. That kid has got claws, so still <laughs> too pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. Hey, listen, Burrow could light that KC defense up. I mean, this could be a real shootout again. We could be watching Especially without Matthew. Know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, since he's got plenty of firepower to turn this into a shootout. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for this game. Like, I think anybody who thinks since he's going to get rolled over this weekend is out to lunch. They are mistaken. Since he's going to put up a fight. So, I, I, was good. Laughing, well, I was laughing at uh, Skip Bayless with the hot take this week saying, uh, if Tom Brady retires, Joe Burrow will be the best quarterback in the NFL. I was like, what, did did you not see the KC-Buffalo game? Like, yeah. I like Joe B, but, man, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's in and line. Like, and, like, Aaron Rodgers just won the MVP, so, I mean. <laughs> oh, my God. He <laughs> yeah, this week, the way he lost, the way he lost just proved why if any quarterback should win MVP, it should be Tom Brady. But if it's any player, realistically, it should be Cooper Cup. Like the, the Bucks Rams game showed it should be Cooper Cup MVP, yeah. but if it's quarterback, that same game showed that it should be Tommy B over uh, Aaron Rodgers. We'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, yeah. I know. I'm just trolling you guys a little bit there. Okay, so Will, the the Bengals Titans game. What was your impression? What was your your quick you know thirty second take on that game? Uh, Bengals had a better quarterback. Yeah. I... Yeah. Ultimately, that's kind of what it came down to. Titans didn't play a bad game. Uh, in every the game, the better quarterback won. Yeah. yeah. Arguably, including the San uh, Francisco game. Oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, I'm, just, I'm a Niners fan, but come on, Chris. Relax. Okay? I know you're chomping at the bit to get into the Aaron Rodgers thing. Yeah, Chris, just, is literally just, next to keep relax. Heel, boy. <laughs> cool your Jets. I thought, okay, so I thought the Cincy, the Titans-Cincy game was uh, similar to the Niners- Packers game in that before they started that is before they started I was saying look these games there's a team that needs this game to play out slowly and and control the pace if they want a chance to win and there's a team that wants to jump out wants to put up points and wants to turn this into a shootout if the Bengals turned it into a shootout I thought that would play to their strength because the Titans do not match up well with that, if if Tannehill has to drop back fifty times and keep up with Burrow and throw touchdowns all afternoon, they're in trouble. Now, for most of the game, it appeared that it was the Titans' type of game. The Titans were in it the whole game, and the only reason they were in it is because they were controlling the pace, they were running the ball well, they were. Look, it was their type of game. The problem was Tannehill, who is usually pretty good with the ball and not throwing picks. Through three picks, That's and you can't the, win a game if you throw three interceptions. So this is what we got to talk about more of: is and Tannehill might be a poor man's Jimmy G. We can argue that or not, but like my takeaways from this Bengals uh, uh, Titans game were two: one, man, Bros got poised, nine sacks, that's all in the pocket. Yeah, he threw a pick, but he was like throwing strikes across the field when they needed it, right? So. Uh, under direct right. 30 game. seconds left he goes on the field looking ice yeah, cold strikes, and he throws strikes. that deep deep sideline absolutely yeah uh, yeah exactly. staying tall under like a relentless pressure right and number two was by gosh the titans even the quarterback like how many times have we seen uh ryan Tannehill be the reason like they haven't elevated no past? 
No, I just no. I think they need a new quarterback. I think no, I, I think, think Tannehill is point, highly underrated, and he's usually very good. And he throws a nice deep ball, and he takes care of the ball. He does exactly what they need. I think Tannehill's good. I don't see. I don't think he's much better than a Kirk Cousins type. I don't think he's much better really? than a Jimmy Garoppolo or even around in those areas, right? Like, I think he's good. I think he could be a lot better. And I think if you want to win a Super Bowl in this AFC, you need a little more than you, Derrick Henry's great, but you need a little more than Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. You need someone at least. I don't disagree with you. I, I think he takes yeah. less chances than Jimmy G. I think he throws less close picks. I think he's but better. Sometimes at you need that. Protecting like the, the Titans, ball. Yeah. The Titans were blown off the field by the Chiefs last year for that same reason, right? right. So, like in the right. playoffs, like you need yeah. a quarterback in these NFCs. Now, again, you have now Justin Herbert through the field, Joe Burrow. Like it's a track in the AFC. Derrick Henry will like grind games out, but you still need a quarterback who's can throw the ball down the field, who can stand tall, and make the plays with his arm that you need to push the ball down the field aggressively. They don't have that. They have A.J. Uh, Brown, who can definitely stretch the field, but they need a guy who can consistently get in the ball deep. Well, and that's it. Tannehill threw, he was, he threw for 3,700 yards this year, 21 touchdowns and 14 picks. And we were all chewing out Derek Carr for having a pedestrian, you know, passing touchdowns. At least he threw for almost 5,000 yards, if not 5,000, right? Like, come on. The 17 game season, you can't break 4K. You got to push the ball in the field. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. And that was without Derrick Henry for half the season, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I was surprised that the, the Titans won the AFC. That that They didn't feel like a team that was the best team in the AFC. So. It's just like the NFC's number one seed. Right. They weren't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's move on. And uh, Niners, Packers, what a wild game. A bit of a throwback. Um, my impression was every time that the Packers got the ball, I was thinking to myself, oh my gosh, the Niners defense has been doing this all game. Like their offense needs to help them out because they just will not be able to keep this up for the entire game. And they did. The, the defense shut down Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense the whole game. So... I personally think this is more you can this this is we're gonna start the argument now. I think it's more of a feather in the Niners cap that they shut down Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense that has been very potent all year instead of Aaron Rodgers chokes, blah 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 blah. So I'm uh, sure it's a bit of both, but for me, um watching back some of the, the game tape, particularly watching some of uh Kurt Warner's film breakdowns, the Niners secondary was so disciplined. Like, I mean, we know they got a good pass rush and and that was coming out, that was visible all game, but in the secondary how they were adjusting their coverages and disguising them and moving quickly into their coverages was fantastic. They were on point all game. Yeah, case in point, when Rodgers did throw deep to Adams, they had bracketed somebody over top, somebody underneath. They were in his hip pocket, and they didn't touch him. They turned around, they jumped for the ball, and they didn't touch him until the ball got there. Like, that coverage was textbook. On Adams, absolutely. Incidentally, uh, Lazard was wide open uh, and was also about 30 yards downfield just shorter than Adams and and Rogers just <laughs> threw right over him at Adams and said screw it hold my beer and threw it into double coverage <laughs> I thank yeah. you for bringing that up Will because that is where the beginning of my criticism for Rogers especially in the playoffs begins is the fact that he passes up wide open receivers to go for Devontae Adams who is one of the best receivers in the league but good quarterbacking isn't just about getting the ball to your best players every single time Good quarterbacking is getting the ball to the right guy, not the best guy. So he should have hit uh, Lazard, but because he has trust issues and because Aaron Rodgers refuses to develop (laughs) relationships with anyone, despite the fact that he's had Lazard now in Green Bay for, what, three, four years now? This isn't a new receiver. This isn't some seventh-round rookie they brought in this uh, offseason, right? This is a guy who's been in the locker room. He should know, uh, or rather Rodgers should have the rapport with him to trust him in big spots. At least to convert a third and ten, you know, a ten-yard route. Yeah. yeah. Well, even to your I'm point, even... Chris. Yeah. Even to your point, Chris. Sorry. Um, like, the, he, what, what about Randall Cobb? You literally begged the pack. Not begged. You told the Packers bring that guy back. And you didn't target him once. You didn't throw the ball his way. 
he had zero I think he may have been injured. Yeah, he did still. He had zero catches, he, though. But yeah. what I find funny is I, remember I, I messaged you guys in our chat uh, after that Mercedes Lewis fumble, and I said half-jokingly, but like in all honesty, mostly seriously, knowing Aaron Rodgers, I was like, wow, Mercedes Lewis uh, fumbled the football. He's never going to receive another target while either in a Packers uniform <laughs> from Aaron Rodgers. And it, it, I was right to some uh, degree because Mercedes Lewis didn't get another target, period, but almost no one else did either. He completed 20 balls, of which uh, 18 were completed to Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, nine apiece, and one catch to, I think, Alan Lazard, and then uh, one catch to Mercedes Lewis, and that's it. He only threw the ball to his running back on dump-offs or to Devontae Adams uh, towards the sideline. There was no courage in his, in his play style. It was all just dink and dunk, get to the guys I know, don't lose the game, I'm not going to take any shots to try to win the game. And th- my logic is this. When you're playing against a team like the 49ers where your Green Bay defense is shutting down their offense, not forever, but in the moment they're shutting them down, uh, and for the most part your team is outplaying them, like you have to make the big throw and, and make the right uh, decision to get your team in a, in a spot where a single blocked punt doesn't change the course of the game. Like I understand Green Bay special teams fell apart and they weren't great, but Green Bay special teams has been terrible all year round. They were terrible all year and they still had the first – Seed. So I don't think the special teams had that much of a of a disappointment despite that one play. But again, if you're in a position where in the fourth quarter you allow one play, a freak play on special teams to determine the course of the game, you are not doing enough uh, at your job, no matter how much you're being paid. But especially as a quarterback, you have to make the daring throws. I thought Jimmy G. Yeah, see, no, this is where I'm going to disagree with you, Chris. Okay. okay. You don't make daring throws in the driving snow in like minus 18 degrees Celsius when you're winning when you're games. winning and there is zero indication that the other team is threatening. Like sure. the Niners were not threatening all game and they were shooting themselves in the foot and Garoppolo was he he threw a pick, he threw a couple of near picks. Like there was no reason for Rodgers to start throwing into double coverage and making throws that were dangerous. And if we know anything about Aaron Rodgers, and this isn't an arguable point, it's a fact, he doesn't throw picks. He's he's good at – he knows what he can get away with and he knows what he can. He doesn't throw it to the other team. So I don't know whether I agree with you that you need to be taking chances and and – making those daring throws so that isn't a blanket statement that's that's in the context of the game right like they had plenty of chances throughout the course of the game green bay's offense to do something explosive and at least pick up yards but you're not gonna you're not gonna achieve your task if you're just doing exactly what the defense wants the defense wanted him to only throw to Devonte adams and pretty much that's it like he played right at the defense's hands he what my whole point is aaron Rodgers did nothing at all the san francisco defense didn't want him to do and I don't know. Well, yeah, they didn't want him to throw to Adams, which was exactly they were blanketing. The op- yeah, they were blanketing him because last time they played him, he, he threw to Adams all game, and I, we ended up yes. Winning. No, but like that's the problem, though. You you haven't adjusted your strategy at all. I mean, Aaron Rodgers didn't. Like he's been throwing to Adams. It's the same problem he had in the in the in the loss of the Bucks in the uh, uh, championship round the year prior. He could have ran the ball in on third and goal instead. He tried to force it to Adams. Like yeah, I, I don't fair enough. Why- and I mean, I, I honestly don't think his receivers are all that good. Like, you've got an aging Mercedes Lewis who's never been particularly like he's been a good tight end, but he's not. He's not. He's never been top tier. Yeah, he's he's always middling, right? And he's old now, old, right? Lazard, as in years past, I think he's been a bit better this year. But honestly, he's never been that good. He's gotten poor reviews um, from you know, multiple times from people. He's just not very good. So, yes, Rogers totally. I have definitely heard and read that he does not form trust with his receivers quickly and he trusts his guys and that sort of So you're 100% right about that, Chris. Um, I, I think, you know, I don't think he has a, a treasure chest chest of, of weapons, though. Like, he, their weapons are Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. So taking those two guys away is like, I mean, it's a task in itself, but there isn't like he can go all over the place after that. And there's lots of different guys he can throw the balls to. So um, he did target Tunyon a lot before um, before he was injured, right? 
the okay, but see, the lack of targets to me is it's not necessarily less than Tom Brady had to work with in the Bucks loss to the Rams. Like he had an old Gronk, uh, and he had Mike Evans, who nobody. I, I love Mike Evans. I, I, I would always say Mike Evans is the Frank Gore wide receivers, but most people are not saying that he's <laughs> as good as Devontae Adams is. Right, so it's like Tom Brady for most of his career is winning playoff games with nobody to throw to. What's Aaron's excuse? He's. Well, I mean, uh, I don't know. I guess Gronk is a huge step up from Mercedes. Yeah, that's that's. But no, but Aaron Jones though versus Cameron Gray is no slouch. No, no, but I'm saying, would you say that like we're talking about like weapon for weapon, like uh, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams are still higher at this point, like weapon for weapon, higher, better overall than. Tom Brady's one and two available to him on Sunday. So, like, come on. Lack of weapons is an excuse. You're supposed to be an all-time talent here. Let's yeah. go. I don't <laughs> know. Mike Evans is really good. Maybe oh, I, again, I'm always banking his thing, but is he Devontae Adams? No. People are not saying, no, he's, the, but not saying he's the best receiver in the NFL. There's something to be said for the number of options to, to throw to as well, right? And I feel like Tampa Bay still has a couple of better options. And, and, listen, and, I, and I will say, look, Tom Brady is better at throwing to those guys that you don't expect him to throw to and spreading the ball around. He always has been. Tom Brady spreads yeah. the ball around to everyone, and he he's always he been like that. And he elevates the play guys. of the players around him, which I will admit, Rodgers doesn't do that. Rodgers doesn't elevate anyone around him. Well, the problem is he also played scared, and I think the reason I'm so so eager to harp on him only forcing it to Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones is because, again, through the context of the game, the eyeball test, he looked scared. Uh, besides that one throw on third down just before the uh, blocked punt, um, when he forced us to Devontae in double coverage, that was the only shot across the middle he really took all night. Like where uh, I, I understand being you know uh, careful with the football, not turning it over, but like you, that doesn't mean you have to then play conservative. Yeah. And he played conservative to a fault. Yeah. Like the reason I say uh, in our chat, I thought Jimmy G played better was because, yeah, Jimmy G threw an ugly pick. He threw a couple more balls that could have been ugly picks. But early in the first quarter, he threw three straight passes. At least two of them were, were uh, straight where they were good passes across the middle. They're just both drops. So Jimmy G was at least willing to take risks. And at the end of the game, when his team was trailing before the blocked punt, Jimmy G was starting to move with the offense. The offense yeah. in the second half for the Niners, I think, uh, almost doubled the Green Bay offense output. Like, that yeah. shouldn't be a thing. You're at home in Lambeau. The colder gets, the more it should be in the favor of the Packers, right? But as the game went on, Jimmy G said, you know what? I don't care what the score is. I'm going to throw the ball to George Kittle across the middle. I'm going to get the ball to and, Brandon Ayuk when I can. What did Aaron Rodgers say the, the last time he lost in the playoffs? Oh, it'd be Not my fault. story if, if we were in Green Bay in the cold weather. Mm-hmm. Oops. <laughs> and now that, that's, that's the other thing. That's two consecutive playoff losses at Lambeau to Southern teams, to tropical teams. Tropical. Niners are Northern California, man. The tropical destination. <laughs> yeah, Definitely no. the Bucks, but 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 they're from Cali, so they're they're warm weather teams. But that's the whole thing is is you can't have the exact same loss in two consecutive playoffs. And in my opinion, he played even worse against the Niners than he played against the Bucks the year prior. And there's even less. Of uh, in my opinion, like variability in terms of whose fault is it? Like there was all that drama, like what? Well, well, you know, some coaching errors uh, from uh, the coach against the Bucks, but against the Niners, it just to me just seemed like cowardly play. Like, well, that's maybe a strong I mean, word. Let's, but... I mean, let's be fair though. The Green Bay special teams was atrocious, and they lost yeah, they this great. game. Like, like we're having a completely different conversation. I mean, you're you're arguing that Rodgers didn't win the game. <laughs> I'm also arguing but, he played no, no. If, if if the special teams didn't screw up, you're you'd be you would be arguing that Rodgers didn't win the game for his team. They won in spite of him. But the point is, the special teams. Like, how do you let a field goal get blocked and a punt get blocked and returned for a touchdown? Like this game. I mean. As much they as they should I have take, won, they should I'm, have won. By yeah, I'm taking it away from the Green yeah. Bay. And listen, I'm a Niners fan. Like I'm, I'm ecstatic. I was bouncing off the walls when they won. Like th- this is the most unexpected win. But talk about a huge team win that like we find ways to win. It's starting to feel like feel a little bit like that team of destiny. I don't want to jinx it, right? Not <laughs> but like you know, I, that, I, that I made this argument last week. Like maybe the the Niners were underseeded. Like they came out of the hardest division in football, 
they started slow at three and five, and then they managed to squeak into the playoffs as a six seed. But were they really a six seed? Because before the season, everybody was talking about them like they were contenders. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. just saying. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about them as contenders at the start of the season. A number of us had them winning the NFC West, but we all we all said that they have probably the hardest division in football. And and then you've got Green Bay that's um, undeniably, I think, in the worst division in football. Oh, easily. Their contender, like their their competition, was terrible this year. Uh, you think so? I mean, Vikings aren't so shit. No, well, I, what was the, I saw a stat that said the, the NFC North had a worse win total than the NFC East did this year. So yeah, yes, yeah, it's true. They're pretty bad. Yeah, they're pretty bad. So, yeah. So, so that's the thing is is Dallas had a bit of a a bit of an inflated uh, record because yeah. their their division yeah. was bad. But arguably, Green the Bay Packers, had a, yeah, they're the same. Really inflated, the same boat. And so, and Forty Niners were a little bit deflated by their their competition. Right. Case in point, two NFC teams are fighting it out for the NFC Championship. Hmm. So here's a little irony for you though, and and like, uh, sorry, Packers fans, like I know this must be, uh, all of you must be feeling a bit sore these days. And actually I'd be curious to hear from Packers fans as to what their sentiment is with the impending um, Aaron Rodgers leaving the team. Like, like, is it going to be, I mean, he's not beloved like Brett, I don't think. And he's not beloved like Brady. There's not going to be this split fan base. Like Phil explained to us last week where there's, you know, you're a Patriots fan and you're a Brady fan, so you're going to root for the Bucks. Like, I, I can't imagine that's going to be the same thing with Rodgers. Are there Aaron Rodgers fans? Are there? <laughs> yeah, like, are people going to be Broncos fans next year because Rodgers no. is playing for them? Like, I, I, I just, just I just can't wait to start cheering for the Packers again once he leaves. I'm I used excited. to love the Packers. I, you know, I'm a little excited just I to would see. love to root for them again. Yeah, I don't wish, um, you know, a period of not having a franchise quarterback on any team because I know how rough that can be. But... But I'm excited to see a little bit of a power exchange in the NFC North and and see other teams, you know, move around, maybe some worst to first type stuff. Because now you've got this shakeup where the quarterback situations in the NFC North are not nearly as um, uneven. So but so, so for some irony, though, I'm going to sorry, Packers fans, but. Since Aaron Rodgers was drafted by the Packers after the Niners passed him over, <laughs> and he's had this chip on his shoulder that everybody always keeps talking about, like it's it's you know a living, breathing thing that <laughs> he carries around with him. He's 0-4 against the Niners in the playoffs, and the Niners have been to two Super Bowls in that time, and the Packers have only been to one. Now the Packers yeah, won there. Yeah, so. two different you know, coach quarterback tandems yeah. too. That's what's extra futile. Right. It's like it's two different iterations of these Niners and then have gone oh, more than two, well, you have, look, look. No, but like specifically like the Harbaugh the Harbaugh Kaepernick ones you lost to twice while they were going to Super Bowls and now you're losing the Jimmy G and Shanahan Niners while they're going to Super Bowls all since you've last won your one Mm-kay. so I don't want to get into too much of the, the quarterback carousel who's going where and all of that stuff but I did read a funny an interesting take today at, that I mean perhaps a long shot but Rogers leaves goes sign somewhere we don't I don't know where we'll see what you know there's lots of rumors about that but what do the Packers do in his absence? And like the obvious choice is they've got Jordan Love that they've been grooming, and but we really don't know what they think of him. We don't know how good he's going to be, and they may want to bring somebody else in as a bridge or as competition. So Aaron Rodgers leaves, and the Packers trade the Niners a couple of picks to get Jimmy G. <laughs> <laughs> not out according not to out Chris, of the not the worst. Right. I, well, not well, out well, of the realm of possibility. Well, <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm an empiricist. I don't care necessarily about statistics as much as I do about outcomes. Jimmy G has now twice head-to-head beat Aaron Rodgers, and he has a better playoff record than Aaron Rodgers in the last ten years. I'm taking Jimmy G. Let's go. <laughs> and from what I've read as well, there are GMs in the league that think Jimmy G is a franchise quarterback. So he's going to another conference championship and he wins like 65% of his games. He is not someone you want to throw the ball 30 times. 25, like you said the other week, is about as much as you want to throw the ball. Right. But no matter what, he wins games. Kyle Shanahan, a great coach, cannot win games without Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think the comparison with Tannehill is, is all that crazy. He's a starting franchise quarterback. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. He's, ta- he's a better Tannehill in my opinion. Uh, yeah. I don't know about better, but yeah, I think the no, yeah, it's, 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 like, 
He's, you know? he's he's worse than what I hoped Carson Wentz would be, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, all right, let's move on. We got the the Rams game. I mean, the Rams-Bucks game. A little bittersweet. I think there's rumors that Tom Brady might hang it up. I don't know whether I believe them, the way he played this year. He's got one more year, then he's going to hang it up, I think. What a What a game. I mean, a hell of a game. He went Rams up twenty-seven to three, and I'm sitting there, and I go, "Wait a second! I've seen this movie before, and uh, the ending is pretty spectacular. So let's just wait for it." And Brady does Brady. The Rams do the Rams. Like they've thrown a few leads away this year, um, <clears throat> San Francisco, <laughs> and. You know, Brady comes back and ties the game, and we think it's going to go to overtime. And then Stafford just with the dagger to Cooper Cup to end the game. I mean, pretty exciting, yeah. pretty spectacular. You know, I think I think the summary of this game, at least from what I saw, was this felt a lot like what the Chiefs what received from the Bucks in the Super Bowl last year. Like the 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 Rams were clearly a much more aggressive, much healthier, better overall team, and the and the Bucks themselves this year were unfortunately the ones who got hit by the injury bug and kind of just were running out of juice. The same with the Chiefs who were heading to the Super Bowl last year. So to me, that's kind of what I thought there. I'm like, man, Tommy's under duress the entire time, and he still kind of made a game out of it, right? So that's the um, – uh, it, it's yeah. – Speaking speaking of duress, Von Miller showed up. Yeah. Yeah, his his uh, little transaction midseason uh, to come over to the Rams uh, paid off nicely in, in one game. Like – well, the the Rams pickups are paying dividends now. I mean, you're seeing the same with with OBJ. Like, yeah. all of a sudden, we've got fun OBJ back, who's you know making plays and and albeit doesn't look like his you know New York Giants self. He's blown out his knees, had some injuries. It doesn't need to whatever, be though. They have right? Cooper like, Cup. Cooper Cup's a better version than OBJ in New yeah, York. Yeah, totally. Like I notice, I did, I do notice that OBJ isn't outrunning people to the end zone like he used to. He's not. He doesn't take those slants and outrun everyone to the end zone. Um, there's a couple times I've seen him get caught, but he's still contributing and he's he's still making big plays and he he does fill that void opposite Cooper Cup that they were looking for. So and yeah, and like you said, Will Von Miller showed up. Hey, welcome back. Look like you know, looked like his younger self running around the the, the tackle like that. Yeah, he was able to turn it on when it counts. I mean, hey, that's exactly what they brought him in for. They weren't necessarily expecting him to to come in and light the league on fire. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they would have been happy, but I don't think anyone was actually thinking that bringing him in. They wanted him for this playoff push to give them those few extra rushes. Those yeah, few situational pass rushing, not an every-down guy anymore, but you still it's funny watching him just run around the tackle. He hardly gets touched. He just runs around him, ducks low, and <laughs> whoop. That's Anyways, awesome. surprising how small he looks out there. I didn't, yeah. you know, he's not a uh, he's not an enormous guy. He's definitely a he speed looks, rusher, well, especially well, lining up sure. uh, next to Aaron Donald. That guy's yeah. beast. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know what. Uh, not much else to say about that. So, if you want to get into picks, let's do that. Um, Niners Rams. In LA, Rams. it'll be a home game for the for the for the Niners. Uh, I'm going to go Rams for the reason, the same reason that Chris kind of mentioned earlier. You don't beat a team. Well, they beat them six times in a row now, but also like <laughs> the way the way that the Rams <laughs> lost the last time. I think the way the, the, the same way as the Niners had a lot of emotional energy going into that game, knowing it was a must win, knowing that they had to like dig themselves in a 17-0 or rather 17-point deficit to claw their way to the playoffs, like. I think the Rams are going to have that same intensity going the other way now where it's like, listen, like we let these guys in the playoffs. Like we can't let them beat us after being the reason that they, that they even snuck in in the first place. Like we have to wash that kind of, you know, failure out of our mouths and kind of snap the six game streak here. And I think they're going to come out with a lot of energy um, and it's going to be a real fun game to watch, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go Rams. All right. Sorry, Nick. <laughs> no, I won't hold it against you. Said you got to make your pick. Okay. I like, I like, I like, the objectivity. like, I like, <laughs> 
every like every team remaining here, I, I could cheer for. Like, I, I'm a fan of all quarterbacks. Every coach here is deserving. It's, I'm just excited for great football. So, I mean, what, what more can you ask for, right? You just hope that the four teams remaining in, in the playoffs, you you like all of them, and then you just enjoy it from there. Especially if your team's not in it. Will, who's winning? I I'm I'm gonna pick the 49ers. Uh, as much as it was it was yeah, very close buddy. last time, I think Shanahan still has the edge on McVay in in the coaching his number <laughs> and and i'm gonna call for jimmy to have uh a nice clean day um i i'm yeah, i'm hopeful good. for him i like that <laughs> i like that <laughs> i jump into a lot of these niner chats on twitter like these uh you know conference call type things everybody everybody just sitting around chatting and, and there's a lot of like yeah, well, we all know Jimmy's going to throw two picks, but let's just hope they don't <laughs> they don't ruin the game. <laughs> they don't let's just us. hope they're early that we yeah, can they come don't back from. The game. Yeah, <laughs> Chris, Chris, who wins? Uh, so that my heart leans Niners, but my brain tells me Rams for the same reasons Phil mentioned. I think it's so difficult to beat a team uh, three times in one season let alone yeah. the fact that uh, McVeigh has never beaten Shanahan as a, as a coach. Uh, so I, I just don't, I don't see how that continues and the Rams like can tie it up. They're so close. And I, I know Sean McVeigh is going to want to encourage his team like thinking, Hey, we almost won a Super Bowl a few years ago against the, um, you know, we came so close against the Pats and he's going to have that team hungry. There's a lot of guys on that team who are holdovers from the uh, Super Bowl 53 uh, losing team. So, I just don't see the Rams losing. Um, I think it'll be a very tight game, though. Definitely tighter than the other one. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, I hear you on all of that. It's. Um, I mean, look. So here's where I'm at. I'm a Niners fan. I can't go against my team. I objectively, before the playoffs started, right when we did our picks, our Super Bowl picks, I took the Rams to make it to the Super Bowl. Because I honestly, objectively, I didn't think the Niners had it to make it this far. But now that they've come this far, it's really feeling like they've found something special and they're coming together at the right time. So I'm, I'm obviously, I'm going to take Niners. But I do feel like we, I, I'm hoping that the, we're a little banged up right now. And I'm hoping that those guys that are a little banged up, some of our key contributors, that doesn't affect us and that doesn't rear its ugly head in this game. Uh, because if we lose a couple of guys early in the game, I think that could really put us out of it. Mm-hmm. So I, I um, think, I, if I'm not mistaken, um, Bosa and Warner are not even on the injury report. I think. Wonderful. So Wonderful. hopefully we see them at their best because, honestly – Best case scenario, I think, for football fans everywhere is that yeah. both these teams come out fully healthy and duke it out because you got one of the the most exciting-looking offenses in the league going up against a great defense on kind of both sides of the ball. On kind of both sides, <laughs> yeah, right? Well, hopefully Jimmy's uh, Jimmy's little thumb there feels okay, and hopefully Debo, Debo looked a little bit, you know, hobbly at the end of the game, so hopefully that... He said it was an ankle. I don't know. It looked like cramping to me. I'm not really sure. There might have been both. Kittle was a little bit hobbly at the end of the game. So hopefully all of these things were just cold weather. Cold, cold weather hard, stingers. Hard fought games. Yeah, that, that can be kind of iced, you know, sorted out this week. Um, anyways, it's going to be a great game. And yeah, like you said, Chris, it's going to be close because these are divisional teams. They know each other so well. They play each other so often. Head coaches know each other so well. It's just going to be fun to see what kind of wrinkles show up. Because, I mean, last time they played, we had Debo throwing a touchdown. So, <laughs> yeah. And so, I don't think any of us would be surprised if the Niners won. Like, I don't think it's unlikely. I just, I'm leaning towards the Rams. Yeah, I hear but you. I... The Rams are impressive. They like talent wise, they got a lot of talent top to bottom on that roster. And, um, you know, when they put it together, they're scary good. It definitely they just helps. Don't they, always put it together. So it also definitely helps. They have the best quarterback to come out of Lambo last week, so they're really on a good in a good spot. Who the Niners? The Niners, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Um, all right. Well, we got our picks out of the way. So that so basically, you guys are saying Rams. Oh no, we got to do the other game now, right? Yeah, we need Chiefs Bengals. Sheesh. All right. My goodness. Okay. Chiefs Bengals. I'm, I'm going to start this off. How would I start this off? I'm going to say Bengals. I'm going to say the Bengals are the team of destiny this year, and we're going to have a 1981 repeat Super Bowl Bengals Niners. <laughs> And the Niners win. <laughs> Again, <laughs> I'm going to go um, with realism in this sense and just go Chiefs. I think the Bengals honestly could put up a, a hell of a fight. I don't think they could put up a better fight than Buffalo did just because they're not as well equipped defensively to do that. Um, and I think, granted, uh, Kansas City, you know, they, they're banged up on defense a bit. You know, it's iffy whether Toronto Matthew plays or not. That's going to be a big issue in the back end for them. Who's going to stop Jamar Chase? I mean, even with with him, it's hard to stop Jamar Chase. But it's it's uh, in general, like I don't think that they have defensively enough to like stop anything at all that Patrick Mahomes can do. So I just think that it's likely that we see Patrick back in his third straight Super Bowl, and we get the Super Bowl that we should have had uh, three years ago before the Pats somehow uh, snuck in, won that one. Uh, so I'm excited for it. Uh, Rams I like teams. that too, actually, Phil. Yeah, I like that too. I, I would like to see the Niners get another ch- shot at the uh, the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Right, right, the wrong from three years ago. So I think I, I think Burrow's the Tiger King, but I think the Bengals are losing. And as much as I love <laughs> Joe Burrow, as much as I really, really root for the Bengals, it's just like what Phil said: the Chiefs has just too much firepower, and that that Bengals offensive line is really not good. Uh, they have great receiving threats. They have three guys who are arguably number ones in the, in their own right. And they have one definite number one in Jamar chase T Higgins and Tyler Boyd, both, both like floors as number two receivers. They have a really great receiving core. Um, I just don't think their defense, which is a good mixture of young and uh, some savvy veterans is quite there yet. The Bengals to me seem like a team. They seem like the Titans were a few years ago, but better because they have a better quarterback in the sense that they seem like a young team that was on the cusp of making it to a Super Bowl but needed to make some adjustments. I think the Bengals need another year or two to bake in the oven, get some more experience, get a few better O-linemen, and then they'll be a real threat for not just uh, conference championships but Super Bowls. But for the time being, that's a little too far in the future. I think the Chiefs are just too good of a team all around. I don't think the the Bengals could beat the Bills. Uh, frankly, I, I definitely don't think they can beat the, the Chiefs, but I'm rooting for them. Cool. Baked Bengal. I like that. Well, I'm about in the same same kind of mindset. I'm rooting for the Bengals. Uh, also, I don't know. In some respects, at this point, I'm I'm rooting for the Niners to win the Super Bowl because at least I could say my Cowboys lost to the Super Bowl winners. <laughs> uh, and and if that being the case, uh, if I'm the Niners, looking a game ahead, I would probably rather face the Bengals than I than I would the Chiefs. <laughs> but yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, just the way last week happened and, and what the Chiefs are, are doing on offense uh, the last few weeks, I, I think I think they're the stronger team. So I'll, I'll pick them, but I'll hope for the Bengals. All right, fair enough. I don't mind being the uh, the lone wolf because I swept Worked you. Well last I week. swept you guys last week. <laughs> just saying, four for four, buddy. <laughs> All right. So, what else? What else do we want to talk about? We're, we got through all the important stuff. So, I mean, things are happening this week in the NFL. We got a couple minutes left. Do we want to do we want to talk about anything there? I mean, will I will say uh, we did we did get confirmation today that um, McCarthy and Dan Quinn are staying in Dallas, and they're keeping their um, coaching staff, head coach, and defensive coordinator. At least, I guess we haven't really heard as to whether Kellen Moore's. Uh, is going to get swapped out, but that maybe that comes later. So you must um, be happy. You get to keep I, Dan Quinn. Yeah, I'm very happy to keep Dan Quinn. Um, Kellen Moore, I, I think uh, he's more or less confirmed that he's staying as well. Um, I don't think he's remaining on anyone's short list of, of coaching candidates. So I think he's staying put, um, which I'm okay with. Uh, I was definitely critical of him this year, but I'm hoping with some off season and, and I do think McCarthy 
is a good offensive mind. So I'm hoping some little bit more mentorship and Kellen Moore just kind of refines his his offensive scheme a little bit. I'm not real crazy about one of Dallas's favorite plays on offense uh, that basically splits the field down the middle and half of the receivers run a man-based route and half the receivers run a zone scheme. And it it's a little bit weird because, um, I mean, on one hand, you have a little bit of both, but it means that you're cutting off half the field and you can't use it. Right. Right. Anyways, so I'd like to see Kellen Moore clean some stuff up, but uh, I'm not... I'm not mad that he's staying around. I think he'll yeah, okay. get some stuff sorted out. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I never hate continuity. I mean, I think usually that works out better than impulsive decisions to, you know, move in a new direction because inevitably. And, and if direction. McCarthy shits the bed this year, then we we might have Sean Payton waiting in the wings. Yeah, I was about to say <laughs> Just that watch. actually opened up a really a really situation in uh, in in New Orleans too, where it's like, who the heck did they hire? Because like honestly, like. The situation they have now kind of remind, not quite as awful as the Texans were last year, but as far as bleakness goes, lack of cap space, lack of, I think, draft capital as well, too. Like, you don't have a lot to work with to build a team. You have a lot of bloated contracts, and right. I think you're, like, many, many millions over the cap, too. So it's yeah. hard to get, like, a you know a hotshot OC or DC as your head coach. So maybe you go the Dennis Aller out, but, like, it's just, like, man, that's that, that Saints franchise. We were there we were 24 months ago. Uh, and look where they are now, like just completely falling apart. Well, they've been so. for years, their cap situation has been tenuous and they've been extending players and working the cap magic to kind of rearrange things and keep guys, keep teams together and, and be competitive. I, honestly, it struck me that at this point, it's like Peyton's been there so long and his golden goose is gone. And he just went through this season of who's my starting quarterback is it Jameis or is it Taysom? And it's like neither. And yeah, like, I, I don't know. It's just, it was a bit of a, a limp season. And I think he just kind of was like, okay, enough of this, but I I'm watch Dallas. Like I got this, there's this, you know, I've heard it a couple of times that, um, you know, Jerry Jones, has a very yeah. good relationship with Sean Payton. Right. He he's, I think been vocal about the fact that he felt like, Sean Payton was the one that got away. It was a little bit of that that motivation that made him uh, prioritize Jason Garrett and put Jason Garrett in control instead of letting him go and keeping Wade Phillips um, was because he didn't want another Sean Payton scenario where Garrett left and found success. Um, so it, it's always been there, and Sean Payton has a has a home in Dallas. Just wait and see. Just wait and see. McCarthy, you got Sean Payton breathing on your you over your shoulder, <laughs> like <laughs> so. Get it done or get that's lost. Right. <laughs> that's right. Um, a couple of other interesting ones, and we don't need. To, I don't want to do a deep dive on the coaching stuff, but so uh, what's let's the name, talk about ones that got filled. Yeah, Matt right. Everflos, Matt Everflos goes to Denver. That's or no, goes to Chicago, Bears, right? Which kind of surprises me, honestly that the Bears hired a defensive coordinator. Same. I kind of expected them to go with an offensive coach for their I wanted Eric Bieniemy as their head coach. Their I thought that would be an awesome hire. Like enough with this. I know the Bears won the 85 Super Bowl with the, you know the 85 <laughs> Bears that that defense and everything, but it just feels like they're so attached to this identity that we have to be a defensive football team. And it was a one-hit wonder too. Like at some point I I I don't know, like why not Get one of these young wonderkins who can open up the offense and and design something that takes advantage of your young quarterback, your second year quarterback, and and makes Justin Fields into the best version of himself. I don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe Eberflus goes and hires the right guy, and we end up there. I don't know. But it, it just it surprised me a little bit. I would have thought they would they would go for an offensive minded coach. And then uh, Nathaniel Hackett gets hired by Denver, which you know, immediately makes you think that all the rumors about Rogers going to Denver now start seeming all that more, you know, realistic, but who was it beforehand before we got on the call? One of you made the point 
about yeah um, that he'd be the fir- the fourth best quarterback in the AFC West if he were to switch. <laughs> yeah which I mean right. like you can make an argument man like look what Derek Carr did with the Raiders team that was reeling all season uh Aaron Rodgers would be a cancer on a team like that so it's like you would you know so like come on uh you you joined the, the Broncos who already were I think had the worst record in the AFC West anyways like they're bottom of the barrel so you guys have to make a lot of moves to get talent fast to compete well, there and Aaron Rodgers has shown he cannot elevate talent so, I don't know whether how how talent deficient they actually are though because Cortland Sutton is their best receiver yeah but he's a good <laughs> receiver I, I would argue they're a quarterback away like they don't have a but good quarterback. Who's he going to throw to? Who's he going to throw to? I mean, they have a good tight end, Noah Brandon Sutton, Jerry Judy. Yeah, uh, they Noah have Brandon. a nice receiving core. They do have talent. They have young Got guys. A they, have nice a tight end. Like, yeah. they just don't have a quarterback who can actually do do anything with it. So, I mean, they went, what, 7-10 and 10 this year? I, like, I they're so. a decent football team. I don't know. I mean, I can see the argument. I just don't know whether he wants to go to a division where you're playing with probably three of the top, what, I don't know. Six best quarterbacks in the league. Well, we know Rogers strengths during competition, so that'll probably not be a good spot for him, right? Like, go to a division that stinks. <laughs> yeah, like but, the one you're in, the NFC. Yeah, North. <laughs> but but you're underestimating Aaron Rodgers' ego. Just because he hasn't performed well against stiff competition doesn't mean he doesn't think he performs well against stiff competition. That's entirely correct. That's entirely accurate. (laughs) Here's one suggestion for Aaron. Instead of going to the Broncos or the Steelers, why don't you go to the Vikings and just complete this whole Brett Favre (laughs) career arc that you're mirroring here? I mean, you can skip the Jets stop. Nobody needs well, to go to the Jets. My, I think he needs a trade, though. I don't. He's not a free agent. He's going to have to get traded. So, I mean, the Packers do hold some control over what happens and, and where he goes. You know, they're going to want to trade him outside the conference if they can do it. So, we'll see how that one plays out. I did read something, an interesting, I think it was, well, I don't know. I don't want to quote who it was because um, I don't remember. But I, I read something today that suggested that, um, you know, this is a long shot, but if he leaves, that maybe the Packers put a trade together. Or they might even put a trade together to send him to Cleveland. Because <laughs> Cleveland has a lot of capital and some talent they could package together and some draft picks to, to get Aaron Rodgers and then toss in Baker Mayfield and send him to the Packers. Or just keep so Jordan Love. Like, Right, like then you get a borderline. You know, you get a, a a Mayfield who's a starting quarterback. Maybe we're still kind of on the fence about him to come in and then compete with Jordan Love and you know see who wins a quarterback competition type type situation. I don't know. Interesting. I'd like to see something crazy happen like that. That'd be fun. <laughs> it just seems fitting too that Rogers would go play for the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, the also the NFL's biggest turds. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Cleveland, we love you. <laughs> All right, okay, that was great. I don't have anything else. You guys got anything else? I'm good, guys. No, did 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 you dunk on Rogers enough? I mean, I feel like I should have recorded my my thoughts Chris? on Saturday night, but I had a lot yeah, of hyperbole you were lined up. Bidding, oh, I know it was a it lot was of. You were in rare form. No, no, no. But let's you, be you honest. were positively no, no, no. restrained. No, 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 no. Tonight. Let's be let's be honest though. Nothing I said was wrong. Not a single thing. A little I haven't. Oh my Not a single thing Chris, I said was. I'm just curious correct. how you're gonna react if he does become Pittsburgh Steeler. Like, what happens when they give him Terry Bradshaw's number? Like, in that, like, what in general? Like, how are you gonna be when he's like? You know, choking the playoffs as a Steeler. I'm just curious. Uh, morose. Morose, I would say. <laughs> I'm <laughs> trying to see if I can pull up any of your texts on the weekend. Again, none of them were wrong. They were hyperbolic, sure, but they were all right on the money. Comedic, uh, if anything. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Chris, but I would somehow find it really, really humorous if he went, played for the Steelers, brought them to the Super Bowl, and then had a Matt Ryan uh, Atlanta Falcons collapse. <laughs> <laughs> well that wouldn't shock me <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> that'd be par for the course so you did you called him inept <laughs> yeah in, in that game in that game in that, that game fun. inept a, a better word that i didn't use was uh flaccid i should have used he said, rogers sucked <laughs> yeah he did suck he was terrible that game i honestly thought jimmy g played better 
if I can get my power rankings for the quarterback that week, it goes uh, Mahomes 1A, uh, Allen 1B, only because Mahomes won. Three is Burrow. Four is Stafford. Five is Brady. Six is Garoppolo. Seven is Rodgers. Tannehill's eight, only because he threw three picks. If he threw two, he would have been seven. I'm kidding. He would have been eight no matter what. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That was, that was, that was a joke. I mean, but. the funny part is, it's as bad as Rodgers has been in the playoffs. Um, like, Brett Favre had some pretty epic, like – you know, epic failures in the playoffs. Yeah, he's, he's some, trying to—he's just trying to win the game, picks. man. Yeah, he's I know. To, he's just trying to go out there and win the game. At least, at least he, <laughs> he tried. was the opposite. He was like, "I will throw every dangerous pass I have I love, <laughs> to try and win this game. game." We need more far. <laughs> I just—I'm just—I just wish that we uh, uh, got a chance to mix in some more of the classic uh, Aaron Rodgers Twitter jokes that we heard. Uh, what was my favorite nickname? I like to throw Rogan, and I really like Ron Rogers. Those were, the <laughs> Those were my favorites. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah those are pretty funny. Was, I got to admit, those are pretty successful, but it can be hilarious. They made me laugh. Yeah, there's a lot of creativity in there. <laughs> okay, that's it. I'm done. I'm out. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining uh, uh, me, gentlemen. I appreciate you guys and um, enjoy this weekend. Happy watching, and uh, I can't wait for the uh, chat room. <laughs> hyperbole again this is gonna be, championship be Sunday. Fun. let's yeah. get it exactly if, if, hopefully next week let's let hopefully next week we can, re- we can record you know right after you know try and do it on monday and mm-hmm. and get some real visceral reactions to the games Sounds good. Absolutely. as long as as long as my niners don't lose <laughs> <laughs> no i want you especially visceral then <laughs> <laughs> okay awesome take care guys see you fellas, see you, fellas.